yo, yo, what's good ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Five Mikes, uh, a husband, father, educator, writer, MC, the microphone gives me wings, I am delighted to join you today, the day after my 42nd birthday, a few hours after coming back from Puerto Rico, High temperature of 84 degrees, stepping off the plane in Baltimore, Maryland, to a high of 31 degrees. I hate you, okay? I hate the East Coast. Um, That weather that we experienced in Puerto Rico was just beautiful. Um, Thank you so much for joining. It's the Idea Manhood Season 4, Episode 3, The World was wide enough. The world was wide enough. This is going to be the Hamilton episode, the birthday episode. This is the convergence of things episode. I don't even know. I'm going to try to make it all connect. Let's see. All right. So starting off today with the fist bump, again, this is just where we, uh, I share a quote or uh, something that stuck out with me from the week. It's just a way to start off and, and, and see where my head is at. Hopefully you could come there with me. Now, today's quote is, a big part of growing up is bringing all of yourself into a space, not just the parts of yourself that relate to the people in the room. And that's said by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Now, um, on the on the day after my birthday, you know, a lot of times when you have a birthday, you share these grandiose things. Oh, this year I'm going to do this. I'm going to be more like this. I'm going to do this. Um, this quote really represents uh, what my journey is in terms of maturation and um, and the daily journey I take, not a, a monthly or yearly journey, but the daily journey I take is, is just showing up and, and, and bringing my whole self into a space, not just the, the space that people might expect or the space, the things that people know about me. Um, you know, I'm really uh, trying to do more and just being myself in a space uh, and, and I think that's something that we should all be striving for, right? So moving into the barbershop again, this is all just, you know, uh, mental wellness, uh, how we're feeling this week, things that people might talk about in the barbershop now. I know if I was in the barbershop, I'd be talking about coming back from Puerto Rico, feeling refreshed, feeling amazing, another year around the sun, and what do I come home to? And people are mad about the the, um, the Facebook aging challenge. Y'all really mad about that? Like, there's people that are really like, what's wrong with you? What What is wrong with people? That, that just have to be contrarians. Like, you just have to be, like, against everything. You see people having fun, and you're like, nah, I don't like that. Why they, why they so happy? Why they sharing pictures? All y'all think this, that, that. Again, that mentality, that's so... Listen, I'm sure that there are thousands of new PhDs in the world right now studying the impact of social media. I hope y'all doing a great job because there's so much here to unpack. Um, But it's okay. Like, if you want to do the 10-year challenge, do it. If you don't like when people do it, don't open your face. Like, don't scroll. Just don't comment. I don't understand people. It's it's really frustrating for me. That's one thing as I'm getting older. I just don't understand, like, why? what are you mad about? Like, 
Are you mad because your 10-year challenge looks like it's 20 or 25, you old bastard? I don't know. Okay, I'm sorry. That's the hate. That's the hate that comes out when I go into the barbershop. I'm sorry, okay? Um, all right, swift in, swift in, swift in lanes. Switching lanes real quick, going to Mr. Logan's Corner. Mr. Logan's was my first piano teacher, the person outside of my mom that introduced me to the formal uh, to formal music. You know, I was playing concert show tunes by Chopin and Beethoven at the age of six. I was I was kind of a prodigy. Um, but yo, know, the music I wanted to highlight is really um, being in Puerto Rico for the past four days. Um, you know, whenever we go to Puerto Rico, it feels like home, right? It feels so familiar. Um, you know, we, we've been to different countries. We've been to different places outside of the United, the continental United States. And even sometimes when you go within the United States, like you go places and you don't really feel home. You don't really feel comfortable. Um, but every time we've gone to Puerto Rico, um, it's just it's just such a comforting, it's like a warm embrace by the whole island, anybody you talk to, anybody is is willing to to help out, to try to speak your broken English or listen to your broken Spanish. You know, they're giving you directions, they're telling you where to get some food, they're giving you drinks. It's you know, it's just such a warm environment. And the thing that stood out most to me this trip was the music, right? We went to. Um, La Placita, right? La Placita. You hear my accent is popping, right? You hear, like, I want y'all to know I'm Cuban, like, so I got that accent in me. I just done my accent down to make y'all feel okay with yourself, you know. So if I'm around y'all, I might say La Placita, just so that you don't feel bad about your Native American tongue. Me, I'm Cubano, so I be like La Placita. See, uh, pero uh, you see how I just you see how I just slipped it. I just want to let y'all know it's real. Um, yo, so La Placita is a is a is a, a, a spot, a location in Puerto Rico in the town or the area of San Turce. Is that right? San Turce? Puerto Ricans tell me is it is San Tur San Turce, right? Um, and it's kind of like a, a set of bars, restaurants, you know, little cigar shops and outdoor it's an outdoor market actually you know uh, someone corrected me in the most amazing way la placita is really an, a market right it's kind of in the center of this area circled around this market where they sell fruits and meats and vegetables is just bars and restaurants and then at night friday night what la placita was crazy man yo when I tell you, it was people everywhere. It was music blaring from all sides. They had the hip hop. They had the reggaeton. They had the, you know, they had the Marriott. They had the, the traditional Latin music. They had everything. And it was a convergence of everyone in the space. It was no beef. It was no old people looking down at young people. Mm, what y'all doing? It was nothing of the opposite. It was just such a place and everybody was dancing. There was no shade. There was no shame. I uh, We went to this one spot and, you know, they were playing a little hip-hop and they played um, Millie Rock or they played Upward Challenge by Lil Wayne, right? Uh, you know, the old school Diddy thing. 
And so I'll start doing my little Harlem shake. You know, I'm, you know, I'm old, so I'm not gonna go in the middle with a dance floor like I used to and embarrass everybody because that's not my style anymore. I want the young kids to live. I don't want them to think that, oh, they just got embarrassed by a 42-year-old man. It's too much for them to handle. So I was on the side, you know, just me and my wife, just me and Danielle, like, you know, just diddy bopping. I was doing my, I was doing my little, oh, you know, the, um, look, at, I'm so old, I can't remember the name of the dance, the Millie Rock. I was Millie Rock. Before I know it, it was like 30 people standing around me, and they all these young kids from New York, oh, they was hyping me up or whatever. Uh, so... I heard them on the mic because they were shouting out somebody's birthday. Like, oh, you're from New York. Like, oh. So I told them I'm from Brooklyn. It was like, ah. Listen, man, it was just no, it was like the pretentiousness that sometimes we see in the United States, especially a lot of times in Washington, D.C. Um, recently, uh, you just don't see people dancing and just loving it. And that was in the hip-hop club. And that was Friday night, right? So we went back Saturday. We went back Sunday. Sunday night, we went back. After we watched Hamilton, I'll talk about Hamilton in a minute. After Hamilton, we walked over there from the theater, and we just heard the music getting louder and louder. We get there, and it's the same pack. People are sitting out. Some people are watching the football game, American football, and some people are just dancing and singing. And I was literally looking at the people and looking at their faces and seeing their joy around this music and everybody knew all the words young people old people and it wasn't like it wasn't popular you know top 40 american pop music it was traditional latin music with the trumpets and the guitar the little you know the, the puerto rican guitar i can't think of what it's called um damn they told me i can't think of what it's called but everybody knew it was so much beauty and love in the air, I was just watching like, yo, look at this, like, old people, young people together dancing, carefree, we saw women out there that were in their 70s, and they had a dress on that they probably wore when they was 20, and they're like, I don't care, I'm gonna be out here, South Side Merengue, and all night in your face, um, and it was, it was just a beautiful, beautiful sight. Um, and, and, and it made me a little Every time we go to a country Right, every time we go to a place That has its own culture You know That um, that has its own Unique culture for this Group of people like, It makes me a little jealous man Like as a black American um, You know, even though I have my Trini roots and I have my My Cuban roots you know, so many times the things that I relate to more directly is like my American, you know, being from, you know, America. You know what I mean? Actually, when I think about, you know, when I think about our kids, you know, me, me, I grew up, I grew up with a lot of culture around me. I'm not, I mean, I grew up listening to all sorts of, you know, soul R&B music, but also, you know, getting food from, from Cuba, my Cuban roots and going to Miami and listening to Soka and Calypso and eating roti and doubles. And, you know, I, I had a very culturally rich upbringing, you know, but a lot of times I think of our kids who, you know, they're, they're experiencing a very watered down version of that. Cause I don't have as much knowledge and as much information to pass down some of those things that were passed down to me, 
you know, so we introduced them to foods. Of course, we let them hear the music, but like they don't get the, you know, my my mother and my grandmother, they spoke Spanish around me, even though they didn't teach me, giving them the side eye. But no, like I grew up around that. Like I grew up, you know, outside the window was blaring reggae and and seeing the 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 Caribbean Day Parade on flat on um on Eastern Parkway and you know what I'm saying. So I. I go to these places sometimes and I see the children, I see the old people together congregating. I'm like, man, I wish I wish we had that in the United States, um, you know, with black folks sometimes, you know. Um, anyhow, the, the, just something I reflected on being, being in Puerto Rico and, and just seeing how the culture, em- uh, like how the culture embraces music. So there's definitely music for young people, the reggaeton that's still it's wildly popular. It is the young people's music of Puerto Rico, which is a mixture of reggae and, and hip hop. And then the older, you know, more traditional, the more traditional Latin music that everybody loves and just see them again. It, it's really a beautiful thing to see. Um... So yeah, that's my uh, that, that's my me. I I could talk about the music all day. It was phenomenal. Um, additionally, going into the meat of this episode today, man, I wanted to give it some time because I, I I'm I'm honestly I'm quite honestly still marinating on how to connect all of this. Um, me seeing Hamilton on my birthday in Puerto Rico with Lin Manuel Miranda playing the lead is. Ah, bruh, as the kids say, I don't even know how it would be like seeing Michael Jackson perform. I mean, I can't even. I can't. Anyhow, I'm not even gonna try to try to give it a, an analogy or a parallel. Let me just tell you the journey of my year, right? Um, or the past few years. Um. About a year and a half ago, I started this new job at Flamboyant, right? At Flamboyant, I, uh, you know, come to find out after doing research and I applied to the job, they have an office in Puerto Rico, right? Um, it's an education organization. It's a family foundation in Puerto Rico. They do work to, to help uh, young students in school read at a third read at a third grade level. You know, by the time they're in third grade, so they're working with teachers and and leaders in the school in D.C. A lot of our work is centered on family engagement. So, how are school systems better engaging families to to create this partnership and and to move students in in the right direction and and, and move towards student success, right? And so. Got the new job, loved it, right? Started in September of 2017. Um, got that job, didn't really know I was going to be getting a new job that soon. I had a vacation plan with my wife and I. We were going to, guess where? Puerto Rico, right? Had this vacation plan for about six months because I think it was a, it was one of our big anniversaries. 15 years, out, yeah, 15 year anniversary, right? We're going to go to Puerto Rico. We love Puerto Rico. We went the year before, and we wanted to go back again. Um, and if you're remembering your news, you understand that September 
21st, 2017 is when the island was devastated by Hurricane Maria. So pretty much about three days before the trip, had to cancel flights, had to cancel hotels, and we had to shift our trip and go somewhere else and celebrate it in another way. Um, All of this coming together and understanding that um, my job, Flamboyant Foundation, had to shift a majority of its work in Puerto Rico to focus on hurricane uh, response and, and helping schools get back on their feet. So it wasn't really about the work anymore. It was about helping families, helping communities. Um, and and through that work, right, um, our organization was connected with Lin-Manuel Miranda's father, right? Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda is the writer, producer, director, everything, dancer, for creator for Hamilton. <clears throat> and so, yeah, so that was announced like, oh, wow, that's really awesome. I've heard about Hamilton. Really cool, right? Um, fast forward. I'm trying not to drag this out too long. Uh, so that was in September of 2017 where the hurricane hit and it, it was horrible. And, and a lot of our work in Flamboyant, we were hearing about hurricane disaster relief and raising money for for education in Puerto Rico. Fast forward to around March or April of 2018, um, Hamilton comes to D.C. They're like, what? Oh, my God. Everyone's like, oh, you got to go. You got to go. And I'm like, I mean, I guess. I mean, sure. I'd love to see it. I wasn't really, like, pressed to go see it. A lot of times with the Broadway plays, it's like, there's so much hype around it, and I'm going to just let it die down, but I also wasn't, like, rushing to listen to the soundtrack because I wanted to see it first. I was like, all right, cool, like. I was real extra nonchalant about uh, about Hamilton, so my wife and my sister-in-law like did have to do all this finagling to get a spot online. It was fifty thousand people in front of them. I don't, I don't know. I was like, all right. So I blindly kind of halfway go see Hamilton. I'm like, all right, let's go see this play. About twenty minutes in, I looked over to my sister-in-law. We made eye contact, and I was like, what the f? I, I was mind blown. Like I, I, I couldn't even put into words what I was feeling. Like literally, I talk for a living. I train adults. I do a podcast. I write poetry. Like I write. <clears throat> I'm gonna write a book, and I couldn't put into words what I was feeling while I was watching Hamilton. I know that there were chords in the music that were making me cry, that they were making me weepy. I was getting chills from some of the interactions. Uh, some of the raps were so dope that I couldn't. I was like, whoa, he's really spitting bars. Um, the way that he utilized, you know, 90s hip hop references from Nas to Jay to Big to Mob Deep to Cypress Hill. Like, are you crazy? Like, it was like an embodiment of all of the things that I loved. You know, growing up playing the piano with with uh, Mr. Logan and playing classical music and, you know, being on stage and talent shows and writing and hip-hop. It, it was literally that, right? So, saw Hamilton in D.C. in March. Shortly thereafter, we found out 
we find out at work that Lynn manuel is going to be partnering with our organization to do charity work and that they're going to bring hamilton to puerto rico it's like what hamilton to puerto rico so as soon as the announcement was made at work like i went straight to our director to our our uh, communications person i was like yo i don't know what's going on but i just want you to know how i feel about hamilton i'm having conversations with the president of our organization like yo hamilton's like my favorite thing i'm wearing hamilton buttons like it was the first time it was so exciting y'all because I recognized that I was inspired. That's what inspiration looks and feels like. I felt like a kid, right? And because I make things and I create content, it was like such a masterful creation of content that I witnessed that it was like, I want to do that. Like, I want to create amazing content. Like, I want people to feel something when they listen to me. Like, I want to create that feeling and that fire in, in other people. So... For all those reasons, Hamilton just meant so much to me. Um, Again, I'm trying to fast forward so you can see some of these connections. In October or November, they announced tickets will be going on sale. There's going to be a VIP reception and VIP tickets, $5,000. But, you know, the tickets will go on sale to the public. I do what I can to make sure I get the tickets. When I look at the date, there is a matinee show on my birthday in Puerto Rico, January 13th. I was like, yo, 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 you got to be effing kidding me. This is just crazy. And so, again, I'm talking to people at work, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe we can see if you could meet, you know, go to the VIP reception, da-da-da-da, all this stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. So every day I'm literally coming home to my wife, and I'm like, yo, this is crazy, like Hamilton, because she knows how much, like, <clears throat> Not even about meeting Lynn. I, I don't even know what it was. I, I don't know what it was. And I'm still having a hard time. But so many people I've talked to that have seen Hamilton had that same reaction. Had that same, like, I don't know what it was. Like, But I was crying. Like, I was, I was weeping in the show. Fast forward again. <laughs> we go to Puerto Rico, right? We go to Puerto Rico for my birthday. I shared with you earlier some of the amazing uh, experiences we had with the people there. I got to go to the, to the office uh, that folks share, um, you know, our organization has in Puerto Rico. Got to meet some amazing people. Um, and then Sunday, Sunday matinee show comes around and I'm in the show and I'm sitting in the seat and, you know, they start to show how does an orphan, how does a bastard orphan, son of a whore and a Scotsman, want in the middle of the Like, okay, let me relax. <clears throat> Anyhow, like, even that, like, y'all don't understand as a writer, as someone that, like, made poetry and put words together, it's like just even that opening scene, how he used that beat and he was on the off how does a bastard orphan son of a whore and a scotsman grow up in the middle of the caribbean okay so they do that whole intro and then the part for alexander hamilton to be introduced to the crowd he comes out all he says my name is alexander hamilton and stands in the middle of the stage 
standing ovation, three minute standing ovation. Like for him to return back to his native country, to his, you know, to Puerto Rico, not his country, but you know what I mean? Like to his land and do this show for his people to raise money for an organization that I'm in. <laughs> like I'm in the organization. Like so it was just this crazy connection. I felt so connected to him in that moment. And from then, I don't know why I just didn't cry. Because I had a lump in my throat the size of eight eggs. Like, it was just crazy. But like, I didn't want to, I was just trying to take everything in. And just like, look around and, and, and see what this moment meant for people in this room. And what it meant for me. Just like, as someone that, uh, it, it was just too much. It was just too much. And what it made me think, because I prepared to close out, what it made me think about is this. I started thinking about Lynn's journey, Lynn Manuel's journey, to get Porter to get Hamilton to Puerto Rico. And how many things had to happen? Probably some of the most difficult things that he's probably experienced. That his family, that his native country has experienced. There was a hurricane, Category 5, stood over the island for 24 hours. But here we are in this theater, and he's doing this performance in front of his native land. That wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Hurricane Maria. Maybe it would, but I don't think it would have, right? So let me think about the trajectories and the different things in his life from performing that piece in front of Barack Obama at the White House in 2009 to making this play bestseller all the way across the world. This soundtrack is absolutely stunning. Um, and of course, because I'm selfish, it made me think about me. And it made me think about my journey. And it made me think about the fact that, you know, when I started working at Flamboyant, we lived in Maryland. I went to work in D.C. in a very normal situation. And then my wife got a job in North Carolina. And then I had to move. And the concept and thought of moving from an organization that I just care for so much and that I really felt like I was a part of, like, it was devastating. And I felt like so much loss, like, oh, man, what am I going to do? But I'm still here. And I'm making it work. And as a result of all that, like then having to have this experience, right, um, which I, I probably wouldn't have had if I didn't work. You know what I'm saying? It was just so much. So at the reception, there was a VIP reception. And I was in the same room with Lynn. It was like that that moment, like there's a, a, a series, uh, a series of, of, of narratives throughout the play where you talk about like just following your heart, you know. One of Hamilton's frenemies, Aaron Burr, tells him like, "Talk less, uh, smile more. Like, just do whatever people tell you to do. Just go with the flow, right? Like, go with the flow, Mike. Move with your family to North Carolina. Just get a regular job. Just be there, dude. You know. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm thinking of some of the hard decisions that I had to make. To like stay, like no, I'm gonna stay with this organization in DC. I'm gonna trans transfer and, and travel back and forth. I'm gonna make it work, and I'm gonna show that there's a value in my profession and there's a value in my family, and that I don't have to put one over the other. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be attentive. I'm gonna, you know, do the things that make 
you know, that are important to me. And still, ah, it, it was just something about that, um, something about the convergence of all of those things to get me in that room with Lin Manuel, hearing him talk and talking to other cast members. It was just a magical circle. Um, and I think about our two worlds, me and Lin's, <laughs> right? And all the things, like I'm saying, like Lin, like it's my boy, Lin Manuel, yo, 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 LM. Um, all the things that had to happen for us to get there. And I think about you, listeners, like whoever listened to this podcast, the three of you, right? What are the things, like, we've all had these moments in our life, these serendipitous moments where we, like, run into someone, we're like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, I was in Puerto Rico and ran into uh, one of my old college uh, friends. Like, he wasn't even in college when I was there. Um, like, he was in high school, I was in college, and we just kind of met up through people, and no one is a young young boy, B, artist with a B, um... Who's a grown-ass man now? I said, young boy. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we ran into each other at the island. Why? You know what I'm saying? Like, you just think about, like, how our paths cross and what are the moments in your life that are, like, about to happen, you know? Or the connections that you make from, you know, one job to this friend to another opportunity that's going to land you land you in this other space that you don't even know about yet. That's power that's so powerful to me. When you think about the way that the world works. You know, some people say the world, I say God. Like that all these things happening in my mind were godly because the experience I had watching Hamilton for the first time was spiritual. I keep on using that word. Um, it was a spiritual experience. And then six months later, I'm in the room where it happened. Like, and that's a song from the soundtrack. That was just me being clever. Like, I'm in the room with Lynn. And, and GW and Lin-Manuel's dad and like the leadership from our organization and my wife and it was like a culmination of everything in that moment it was overwhelming um, it, was, it was overwhelming so what is your moment like thinking about like what, what is that what, what's going to happen where you're going to run into someone on the street or end up working in a different organization or being a part of a uh, of an experience at your church or with your family like whoa like this has been happening for the last eight months to get you in this one space. And what are you going to do with that space, right? How will you use it to motivate you? How will you use it to, like, get you through and to the next spot, right? Um, because that's what I've really used Hamilton for. Has incited, re incited, it's reignited my love of doing this podcast. It, it, it's the sole thing that has pushed me to refocus and keep focus uh, with this podcast. So um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm overboard right now. I'm over time. I said, give me 30 minutes. But if Lin-Manuel hears this, I feel like you will because I'm going to send it to him. <laughs> uh, just thank you, man. Just thank you. You, you really helped me to, to refocus and, and to... Uh, just put some work back into this thing that I love and being in front of people and sharing and talking, basically hearing myself talk because I'm selfish. Um, but all right, y'all. I'm going to holler at y'all later. This has been the Idea of Manhood, the world 
was wide enough for me and Lin-Manuel to end up in the same room um, <laughs> watching Hamilton in Puerto Rico. Like, what? That's just, that's that's wild. Um, I'll hide y'all later, man. Peace. This is Five Mike's husband, father, educated writer, MC.